Well, good morning, Temple family. We're really glad that you're with us today. I hope that you are being blessed today, whether you're online um, through Facebook Live or through our live streaming or through YouTube or whatever venue you're able to connect with us or whether you're in person and live and you're seeing this in the sanctuary. Um, we're really glad that you're here with us and we hope that you're blessed by it today. We're gonna open with prayer and uh, just really trusting the Lord that he's gonna lead us today. So let's pray together. Most high God, we lift you up and give you praise for the day you've granted to us, Lord, that you have led us to come before your word, to be taught, to be convicted, to be, uh, Lord, I hope changed from our encounter with you. But I pray that you would be with us in the words that uh, I speak, I pray that you would open hearts to hear what you have you have spoken and lord i pray that your word would go forward in power and lord that there would be change in, in the lives of the people around us and in us I open our hearts to you and we thank you for the opportunity to worship in word today in your name amen well a long time ago in fact the very beginning we see that there's this thing called sin and there's this phrase that I've picked up, and I'm, honestly, I'm not even sure where I picked it up. Um, it just seems to be one of those things that just popped into my mind that I know I heard from somewhere else. And it's that sin is an historically big issue. Sin is an historically big issue. And we, right at the very beginning, we see that in the book of Genesis. So we see that uh, Adam and Eve, uh, the, and the sin was that they turned their hearts away from God, they disobeyed, thought they knew better than God. Um, you can't blame this all on the serpent. You can't blame this all on Eve or Adam. All three had turned their hearts away from God. And sin became a part of the world because of that. So we're born into it. So when we're born into sin, uh, we have this, this bondage that, frankly, we're in that we need to find a way out of. And this bondage builds up over time. It, it gets heavier. It wraps around us. In fact, I wanted to illustrate to you what bondage can really be like. It's kind of like this chain. Starts off with just a little bit, just a couple links. And I demonstrate that to you by any of the newborn babies you know. Do they scream and holler just because? Sometimes, sometimes they need something, they're hungry. Um, as they get a little bit older, do we learn how to be selfish and say, that's mine, I want that. When they get a little bit older, we go and take them into the stores and then they say, mommy, daddy, please, I want that, I want that, I want that. And we know better as adults. And yet, as children, and despite our best efforts, no one has taught them to be selfish. It's part of our nature. It's part of the bonds, it's the links that are now part of our lives. And as, as we get older, these links they get longer, there's more of them, and then they start to wrap around us, and we get bonded, it just gets heavier and heavier, and, and it wraps, and it's, oh, it's heavy. And this, this bondage, link by link, that we build is sin. It's the sin in our lives that just wraps us up and we need out of. So how do we get free? Well, there's a lot of people think that we can just behave well 
that we can do the right things at the right times, but how do you know how to do that apart from someone who's given us rules? But you know, I can work and work and work and work, but in my strength, nothing is, I'm not gonna do that. I cannot break this on my own. And it's the same thing with the sin in our lives. I can't break that on my own. I need help. I need an outside source that will help me with that. Sin in our lives. How are we set free? Well, it comes through Jesus. We have this fancy theological term, which I'm sure many of you have heard. It's called incarnation. Uh, incarnation means God with a body. It's God come down to earth and as a man. He lived life as a man and knows all things and tempted in all ways as we are, and yet was without sin. Jesus was the perfect example of humanity. Jesus was the perfect example of the sacrificial lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is the one who doesn't just break or loose you from these chains, but keeps you from them in the future. It's a once for all forever when we turn our hearts over to Jesus. In the book of Acts, chapter 3, we see Peter and John. They've been coming in and out of the, the temple for a long time. They've been coming in and out. They've been teaching. And it's kind of weird because here's this fisherman, and he's teaching with authority. And people are listening and responding. As they're coming into the temple through the beautiful gate, there's a beggar at the door, and he's saying, Hey, give me money, give me money. I need help, I need help. And in their society, that's his only option. He doesn't have option to get a job. His family will likely have just left him there or they brought him there to beg because they can't support him either. So he has no other option than to beg for funds and just to get food for the day or to get medicines or just put a roof over his head. He's stuck. And his Peter and John are coming by. They see this guy, and I'm pretty sure they would have seen him before. And he's saying, alms for the poor. I need money. And Peter and John stop. And Peter stares him in the eye and he says, look at me. And the beggar, rather than just being a broadcast begging, he actually looks Peter in the eye. And Peter answers him and he says, silver and gold, I don't have it. I have no money. But what I do have, I give to you freely. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man is immediately healed. He's able to get up and it, the, the scripture describes him as leaping with joy and praising God. And as Peter and John continue in the temple, they see this beggar who's now healed. And the people are astonished. And Peter answers them. And he talks to them about this. He says, do you think I did this? I, I have none of that power. This is a God. God has healed this man so that Jesus may be glorified. And in this chapter not 3, verse 19 and 20, this is what uh, Peter says to the people. He says, repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. I love that. Repent, turn back, sins blotted out in the name of Jesus. That is how we are set free. When we set our hearts on Jesus, when we walk through and understand what John 3, 16 and 17 means, we really and truly are set free from the sins that bind us and weigh us down. We're set free. We're loosed. 
John 3, 16 and 17, this is, uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever, anyone who believes in him, would not perish but will have eternal life. So when we turn our hearts and our lives over to Jesus, confess our sins, we are set free. God will give us eternal life. We're no longer bound by these chains. We are loose. Well, who is set free? Well, John 3, 17 talks about that. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So that's you and me. The bonds that tie us up. We're not Jews. If you are Jewish, you are a Jew. If you are not Jewish, you are a Gentile. And that means everyone else. I'm a Gentile. God sent his son into the world that everyone who takes on the name Jesus is set free. These chains are gone, and I've been set free. Jesus removes that bondage. We've been given a forgiveness. The incarnation, Jesus coming into the world, is all about forgiveness. It's a reconnection of our lives, our hearts, with the Creator God who loves us desperately, who loves us ultimately to send His own Son to take on the penalty for those sins. The sins are released from us when we ask God for forgiveness. This vertical connection with God is reestablished. And it's, it's strengthened as we go day by day, as we go into God's Word, as we attend church, and we fellowship with others, and we cherish one another. These are the things that strengthen that vertical connection with God, that holiness, that righteousness that God wants in us. And God builds that into us. It's all released because of the forgiveness poured out from heaven upon us. But then it overflows. It overflows out of us and needs to flow out into the world around us. 1 John 1 9, Jesus, or John, is talking about this and he says this is if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, we are forgiven. And as that continues on, I want to turn to book of Luke because in this particular book we're seeing where it's Jesus teaching so if I want to have an authority to follow I'm gonna follow him um, Paul is amazing and he doesn't say anything that Jesus wouldn't have in fact he teaches more God set him up as an apostle to teach us uh, John and all of the other authors they're all set up as God's chosen ones and the message is true and it never conflicts with Jesus Jesus is the ultimate teacher, and I want to reference him today. In Luke chapter 17, he says this, and he's talking to his disciples about temptation. But he says this in chapter 17, verse 3. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day, and he turns to you seven times, saying, I repent, you must forgive him. This overflow of that vertical relationship with God needs to extend out horizontally to the ones around us. That we are not limited, that we are not bound, this chains are set free in our relationships, not just with God, but with those around us. Jesus teaches us to pay attention. If your brother sins, and by brother he means fellow believers, correct them. Go to them in love. 
and correct them. And if they repent of that sin, forgive them. Now we see this in, in many different places. Uh, we see this in, in our relationships with our families. We see this in, the, in our relationships in society and around the city, around the country, around the world. We see wars created because relationships are broken, that trust is not there, and that at some point someone grasps for something that is not theirs. We do that on small scale, as a small child saying, I want that, or mine. We do it on a large scale as a society when we take over another nation. Sin is abounding in creation. The only difference is Jesus. The only freedom is found in Jesus. At some point, everyone needs to deal with this. Jesus is the ultimate authority on this, and we have to continue to follow him by paying attention, offering forgiveness when repentance is asked for. As it continues on, Paul teaches in Ephesians to the church in Ephesus, and he's talking to them in chapter 4, verses 31, he talks this about forgiveness and our relationship, our horizontal relationship that we have. He says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, remember that one, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Forgiveness in this case comes because we have had that vertical forgiveness, we extend that horizontal to those around us. Our relationships are important because God asks us to give those relationships to him. Now, in this passage here in Ephesians chapter 4, the bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, and malice, all of these things, this is not an, an exhaustive list by any means, but this is a list of things that we hang on to. These are links that we put into the chain and we wrap around ourselves. And he's telling us, just set those away. But instead, be kind to one another. Tender-hearted. Well, what is tender-hearted? That means we're open. Our hearts are soft. That means we're willing to listen, we're willing to hear, we're willing to be corrected, we're willing to repent ourselves. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. What were you forgiven of? Everything. And yet that's what we're to extend to others around us. Paul teaches also in Colossians the church at Colossae, he's teaching them. And in chapter 3, he puts it, set, puts it this way. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, sounds familiar, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all else, put these on, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Now this is talking specifically to us as believers. This is talking to us as those who follow Jesus that we need to extend that forgiveness. But I would suggest that if we truly love our neighbors, as Jesus teaches us, we extend that to them as well. And we live as those who you know, live out life as people who love. They'll know they're Christians by our love. 
They know how we love and care for one another. That we reach out. We share truth with them. Sometimes hard. But we share truth. We look out for one another. Compassionate hearts. Tenderness of heart. Keeping our hearts soft. Keeping our hearts open to those around us. So that we can share with them. That we can help them in their healing. And point them to Jesus who will set them free. Acts chapter 3, where we were reading earlier. Now he's talking to a Jewish group here. Peter's in the temple, remember. He's talking to Jews. And he brings up this at verse 20 of chapter 3. And he says, That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. Well, why is he talking about times of refreshing? It seems kind of weird, actually. This would have been something they would have understood. As Jews, they get the whole idea of Messiah, of Christ, this Savior who's going to come and fix things and make it right. But they also would have understood, because of their teaching and the different promises that God has given them in the past, of settling the promised land, a land of milk and honey, a land of rest, where God will be their God and we will be his people. That rest is what God's talking about. This is a continuation, an extension of that same promise. That when we put our faith in Christ, that when we repent, do the 180, that we have turned away from the sin in our lives, trust in Jesus, reestablish that vertical relationship with God. The overflow of that can't help but happen. That forgiveness we have received then extends out to those around us and it will change who we are. That rest, that refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Because we have that vertical relationship with God again. The refreshing comes. Where it's no longer a burden. Jesus put it this way. Take on my yoke because it's easy. His load was easy because he's extended it and given it to us. He carries all of the burden for us. For you and I. How do we apply this? Well, in our society, we have had several things happen over time. Um, this one I want to talk about in particular. I want to, in the recent news, you may have heard about Mauritius, uh, an island in the Pacific where they've had a, a, a really huge oil spill. Or what about uh, Deepwater Horizon in the Gulf of Mexico? Or Exxon Valdez in Alaska? And I know there's many others. Um, oil spills. While when we, you know, you see that initial little little droplet of gas or oil as it hits the water, it creates this rainbow on the water. It's quite beautiful. But when you dump millions of barrels into the ocean or into a lake or into a pond or a river, it seeps into every place. The animals are trapped in it. They become coated in it. It's oily. It's stinky. It won't allow them to function. They try and clean it off and they ingest it and it affects their innards. Their, their kidneys shut down. Their stomachs are coated in it and they can no longer absorb food. And they can't take in water anymore and they die a horrible death. This same unforgiveness in our lives is like that oil spill. But there is a way to break that oil up now without promoting a certain company there is a blue soap out there that 
you know, good people go out and they collect the animals that are still alive and they bring them in and they wash them with this soap. The soap actually cleans them up. Uh, it breaks the oil apart and then the animals are taken somewhere where they are fed and rested and they're healed of their injuries and then they're released back into their natural environment. That cleansing happens because an outside force has come in and extended compassion, extended grace, and extended effort and energy on another's behalf with no expectation of getting anything back. That's love. Jesus extended everything for us out of love to care for us and to cleanse us from the sins, to set us free from these bonds, to forgive us. And we need to take that vertical relationship that Jesus has reestablished with us to God the Father through himself and his sacrifice on the cross, rising from the dead, coming out of the tomb and teaching even after he was supposed to have died and he did and he rose again and now he shares the message of the gospel with those and empowers them. The Holy Spirit comes into us and we are able to do way more because of God's presence in our life. That vertical relationship with us overflows out of us into the those around us and forgiveness is granted. Our challenge here today is temple. We have a long history. We have a history in this location of many years. We have a history in our previous location of many years. There was a congregation that was stemmed from where temple was established. Relationships are what we're here for. Sharing the gospel is why we exist. We need to carry that on. But if we are harboring unforgiveness we are picking up that bondage and we're laying it on our lap and we're playing with it we're holding on to it in a, in a strange sense that it gives us some form of comfort we need to let that go if we need to extend forgiveness we need to do that now we're putting up together this wonderful building, this great facility, and this bondage is just going to be held in some back dark corner. But we need to shine the light of Jesus into every corner and see freedom reign across our congregation, across our family, across our hearts. Compassionate, tender hearts. Now I have to say, within myself, um, before I can preach this, I, I'm the first one who gets this message. I have to internal. I have to know this message, to feel this message. I've been convicted. The Spirit has talked to me about some things I need to let go, things that I have been holding on to that surprised me, and I need to extend forgiveness for that. And I'm thankful to God for showing these things to me. But I challenge you, if there are things you're holding on to in your heart, you will release them, you will extend forgiveness, that you will go to someone who you need to ask and seek forgiveness from. Repent, share, and ask forgiveness. And then we will be made right with God through His righteousness on us, and that we will be living as His people. And wow, what is the Lord going to do in our community when we are humble and compassionate to our neighbors. I want to pray with you. So let's spend some time closing our eyes, bow our heads, 
before the Lord. Lord Jesus, I give you thanks for this message, for how you have been teaching throughout this time of forgiveness, of why you came to this earth, to extend that forgiveness to us, to restore relationship. Lord, I pray that we will follow your example in the overflow of our hearts, a compassionate and tender hearts, that we would feel your presence, Holy Spirit, to guide us and lead us into knowing who we need to ask forgiveness, who we need to extend forgiveness to. Lord, that we can move forward and move ahead as this family of Christ here in Cambridge called Temple. And I pray that we will be examples and a shining light, a beacon of what love and truth can be in our community. Help us to serve you well as we serve each other, as we serve the community, as we go beyond just this facility and into serving you. God, I pray that we would obey you and follow you, that this overflow of our hearts will unite and grow your family. God, we, we trust in you and your name that as your gospel goes forward, you will draw people to yourselves. And I just thank you for that blessing. I pray that we will be faithful in it. And I ask these things in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. Well, we're not quite at the end. We have an opportunity to respond. If you need to speak with someone, please call into the office. Send us an email. One of our pastors, some of our staff, our elders would love to pray with you. If you need help in being able to know how to go about doing some of these steps to accept Jesus, to ask forgiveness of God, to ask forgiveness of others, that you won't be bound in the chains that, that weigh us down. We would love to walk alongside you in that. We'd love to be a part of the gospel message lived out in the lives of those around us. I trust you have a great week. Blessings on you.